doing today? Y'all doing good? All right. Hey, give those that are watching us right now on Facebook Live and online just a round of applause and welcome them into our worship experience as well. We appreciate you guys and uh, it's, it's awesome to see people are starting to uh, migrate back to home. You know, there's been a lot of people out and about, uh, our family included, you know, summer's one of those times when, and seasons when folks are traveling and seeing friends and family members and doing fun things. And uh, we're just excited for what God has in store for us. And we're so glad to see all of you here today. And uh, I'm just excited because today is really the beginning of something fresh and new. And God's been stirring something in my heart and my spirit that I'm really eager and anxious to share with you as it relates to a brand new uh, message series that we're kicking off today called Soul Detox. And I'll unpack that here in just a few moments more. But let me also just say that um, we came off of an incredible uh, really weekend experience, a few days that our students experienced in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I, was, I happened to be a part of that with our students. Uh, we took right up, uh, right up 50 um, adults and students to uh, be a part of one of the largest gatherings of students in the country there in Birmingham. I think there was over 16,000 uh, students that gathered together, and it was truly a life-changing experience. It was an amazing encounter with God, and so our students came back. They're really fired up and excited to allow God to use them and really to kind of create. The, the theme was uh, motion, but they talked about the importance of creating a commotion, and, uh, and so that's what we're praying for where our students will create a commotion on their school campuses and in their homes to, to help lead their friends and lead their families into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so with that said, it's been an incredible summer. God's been so good. You know, we had our summer of love theme, and we've, uh, we've done that in so many different ways, powerful ways. And so I just want to say thank you to everybody who was the hands and the feet who helped just show and to share the love of Christ um, to people. You know, one of our themes was to love better and to shine brighter, and we had the opportunity to do that in a powerful, powerful way this summer. And a lot of lives were touched. A lot of uh, people were served, and um, just faithfully through the way you gave, not just of yourselves, even financially, it's amazing to see the output when it comes to the impact that's being made and the ripple effect that's being made in so many different ways and in so many people, people's lives. So I think you deserve a round of applause. So hey, give yourselves a hand and yay God for using you in an incredible way. So I'm excited. Uh, it's been, like I said, it's been an amazing summer. But with that in mind, we are getting ready to enter into a new season. Uh, it's really kind of a, a new opportunity to transition from the summer, if you will, into the preparations for the fall. And, you know, typically when you, um, you know, when you get uh, the kids back in school, and by the way, just a little FYI students, whether you like it or not, uh, school starts in a week. And, uh, and so I know some of you might be excited. Some of you might not be so, ex uh, not as, quite as excited as others. Uh, some of the parents were saying, Thank you, God. I'm gonna just, I just want to get back to some normalcy here, some predictability. And I think that's typically what happens. People begin to settle in for the fall. Um, for the guys, you know, we're excited, football starting, you know, and, and all the different things going on. A lot of times we just, we're excited because of what the new season brings. And obviously as a, as a, as a local church, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to embark upon a new season of ministry. It's an opportunity for us to reach more and more people. And, um, and before, you know, we just kind of go really full speed with our feet running into the fall because we just had an amazing summer. I mean, God has used you to, to really be the church, to be the hands and the feet. We've served, we've given, we've, we've done so much, we've experienced so much. 
And so you can't just give and give and give and give of yourself without giving yourself something back. In other words, you, if you're going to spill out at some point, there's going to be nothing left to spill. You're going you're to give everything you got away. So there has to be a moment where you fill yourself back up. Before we enter into a new season, before we can continue to make an even greater impact for this fall, we've got to prepare ourselves. We've got to replenish ourselves. We've got to prepare our soul. We've got to prepare our hearts, our minds, our bodies for what God wants to do. And so normally in this time of year, we would uh, enter into what we call a 21-day uh, season of prayer. And this year we're doing something a little different. And I'm going to explain that in the context of my message today. We're actually going to be focusing seven days. And during this seven days, we're going to incorporate not just prayer and a prayer gathering and a corporate time of prayer as a church family, but we're also going to include seven days of fasting with that. And a part of that fast is a part of the, the, really the heart of the message I'm going to be talking about today as it relates to preparing for a soul detox. Now, when we hear the word detox, I know different images or things come to our mind, but it's really about preparing for something fresh. It's about preparing for something new. I believe it's preparing for greater things that God wants to accomplish. Amen? And that's exactly what Joshua told the people of Israel as they were getting ready to, to embark upon the journey that God had for them. They had already been journeying for 40 years. They'd been wandering in the wilderness. Remember, 11-day journey from Egypt to the land that God had promised should have only taken 11 days, but they got distracted. They detoured, and it cost them 40 years. And so now here they are at the riverbanks of the Jordan. There's a new leader, and God commissions Joshua to go and to tell the people to get themselves ready. In other words, to put them through a little soul detox, to prepare them for what God ultimately had in store for them, and that was to take possession of the land that God ultimately had promised. So in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua told the people, notice carefully, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Just curious, how many of you want to see God do amazing things among you? Let me see your hand. Don't you want God to do something amazing in your life? Something amazing in your marriage? Something amazing in your relationships, in your family? Don't you want to see God do something amazing in your not just in your spiritual life, maybe in your financial life, maybe in your physical health, maybe, maybe just on your school campus. You want to see God do amazing things. Well, here's the thing. When you think about doing amazing things in and through our lives, and I'm praying that God will do amazing things in our church, one of the things that we have to realize is that Joshua gave the people a command, but with that command, there was a promise. In essence, he said, hey, consecrate yourselves. Get yourselves ready. And then he said, for tomorrow, the Lord is going to do amazing things among us. So the promise was is that God was going to do something great and awesome and amazing. However, before he could do that, we had to do our part. And the same is true. We have to do our part. We have to consecrate ourselves. We have to go through a little detoxification when it comes to preparing ourselves and consecrating ourselves for what God ultimately wants 
to accomplish. Now, you may be asking the question, well, what does consecration mean? Well, that's a fancy word in the Bible, but Joshua used it. And he said, hey, consecrate yourselves. And so the definition, if you will, basically in the Bible, the word consecration means it's the separation of oneself from things that are unclean, especially anything that contaminates our relationship with a pure and perfect and holy God. And so when you think about the consecration part, in our modern-day culture, mainstream society today, we would often use the word detox. And so when you think about the word detox, well, it's a process or a period of time in which one abstains from or rids the body of toxic or unhealthy substances, detoxification. Now, most of us, our minds immediately go to the body when we think about detox. And obviously, for many people, they ingest, um, you know, things inside of their physical bodies that are toxic, that are unhealthy, that are hurtful and harmful, that God never intended for our bodies to experience. And so just like one might ingest you know, harmful substances, whether it's, you know, caffeine, nicotine, you know, whether it's drugs, alcohol, all the things that a lot, of, a lot of people will ingest themselves with to the point to where it becomes unhealthy, where it becomes, uh, you know, from the standpoint of, of being over the top in maybe the consumption of what it is that we're using to the point to where now all of a sudden we used to be in control of whatever that was. Now whatever that is is in control of us to where now it's unhealthy, it's, it's, it's toxic, and it's in control of our lives and we don't even realize just how much we are under its control. And so therefore that's the reason why it becomes controlling. It's the reason why it becomes in unhealthy and impure. And so today, what we have to do is we have to realize that just like our bodies, and that's what we're going to be talking about during week three, we'll be talking about how do we detox the body. And that's, we're going to be doing a whole week, seven days of prayer and fasting. But, but, but that's not what we're talking about today because, the, yes, most of us, when we think about detox, we're thinking about the body. But what you've got to understand is that God did not create you as a physical body and then put his spirit in you. He created you first as a spiritual being. We are triune people. We are triune beings. We are, we are made up of spirit, we're, which, which is we're created in the very image of God. God created us to be like himself. So, and we were also created to live forever, so we're spiritual beings. And not only are we spiritual beings, but God also gave us a soul. That means we have a mind, we have a will. And then he created a body. So we have the physical aspect. It's the earthly tent in which we, we, we live. It's, you know, some of us, you know, our bodies, you know, we maybe are healthier than others. And that's the reason why when you think about taking care of ourselves, doing our part to make sure that our bodies, which the Holy Spirit lives and dwells inside of, God places his spirit inside of us the moment we become followers of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome to know? So what you've got to understand is, this, listen, listen, this building right here is not the temple of God. You are the temple of God. You are the church. We are the body of believers in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so God wants to use you. He wants you to use you, spirit, soul, and body, so that you can be all that he desires for you to be. So there has to be a consecration. There has to be a moment 
where we detox ourselves from the things that get inside of our soul, from the things that not only get inside of our body, but believe it or not, even get inside of our spirit. In other words, there are things that are inside of us that we don't quite realize that is keeping us from really experiencing the fullness of God. And the only way that we can experience the fullness of God is for us to detox, come off of some things, or rid ourselves from some things that are standing in the way that are keeping us from being who it is that God created us to be. Spiritually speaking, for some of us, we may not be as close to God as we could be or should be. And the reason for that is because there are certain habits, there are certain hang-ups, there are certain you know, issues or things in our lives, spiritually speaking, that maybe, we have, that maybe we've, we've indulged in or perhaps we have neglected. And therefore, we're not where we could be or should be spiritually. And so there's some detoxification. There's a cleansing process. There is a preparation. There's a consecration. In other words, we got to get rid of some stuff in order for God to fill us with his power and with his spirit. My wife, uh, Michelle, and I uh, have been traveling gypsies for the last uh, almost two weeks. And uh, literally, um, our cars are packed and... Uh, just stuff everywhere, and the reason why is because we uh, we moved. We 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 sold our house and we moved, downsizing, and and um, and so we've been married for over 27 years. And so you don't realize just how much stuff you accumulate until you go through the process of moving. And um, and and I don't wish that on anybody, but at the same time, it's good for you to move just to realize how much stuff you got. Because it kind of forces you to start getting rid of stuff. It forces you to start taking inventory. And you're thinking, oh my goodness. And you know what's crazy? Is that even before we physically moved on moving day, we got rid of so much stuff. I mean, our garage was filled with stuff that we got rid of, that we asked friends to come and help us haul off. We gave away so much stuff, and yet we still had two pods and a U-Haul truck still filled with stuff. And we're thinking to ourselves, what in the world are we doing? Why do we need so much stuff? And the same is true in our own personal lives and our own spiritual lives. A lot of us have so much stuff that is occupying space that God wants to fill. And so how do we detox our spirit? How do we do that? Well, there are three things that I think that we need to ask God to remove. That, In other words, we need to, we need to, to take away and then I'm going to give you three things that we need to replace it with. So if you're going to take away something out of your life, we got to replace it with something good and healthy and positive, something that's life-giving, something that honors God and is the will of God for our lives. And so let's look at, first of all, what I call starving the spirit. So how do you starve your spirit? Well, the first and foremost thing, if you're taking notes, is this. You need to starve yourself spiritually from doubt. You need to starve yourself from doubt. In other words, stop trusting in the things of this world Stop depending upon other people or circumstances. Stop depending and trusting in situations or circumstances that are ultimately not in your control. 
Because so often we look to other things or other people and we place our trust and place our dependency in certain things or people. And here's the thing. We put our trust and dependency upon things or upon people to meet needs that only God can meet in our lives. So we're depending and trusting in the wrong things or the wrong people. And therefore, that's the reason why at times we grow anxious. We begin to question. We begin to doubt we allow our minds to begin to question and everything becomes conditional. Well, if I do this, then what, what's going to happen? Well, if I, if, if, if I take this step or if I, if I take this job or if I, if, I, if I go into this relationship after I've left that relationship, well, well is this new relationship going to be any different from the last relationship? Or if we take this step of faith financially, if we do this, what if, what if that? And all of a sudden we're questioning or we're, we're doubting God doesn't want us to live that way. Nothing brings more fear and uncertainty and insecurity when we start living our lives trusting and depending upon other things or other people that God doesn't want us to depend upon. He wants us to trust him and him alone. And so we have to detox ourselves. We have to starve our spirit with doubt. In other words, I'm gonna trust what God says. I love what Joshua one nine says, when God reminded him, here he is, he's a new leader. He, he's taken the mantle, the baton from Moses, and now he's getting ready to lead the people of Israel into the land that God ultimately had promised to give them that they were going to take possession of, and it was a place they had never been before. He had never been in the position that he, was, that he found himself in. And so if anybody had a right to, to maybe have fear and questions and insecurity and doubts, it was Joshua. But God reminded him in Joshua 1.9, yes, be bold and strong. And then notice, banish fear and doubt. For remember, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that awesome to know? That no matter what we do, no matter where we go, no matter what the situation or circumstances might be, Aren't you grateful that God is with you? He's promised he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And so we've got to understand the power of doubt. We've got to rid ourselves from doubt. We've got to consecrate ourselves. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to realize, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting in the wrong things. No wonder I'm doubting. I love what the Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord. Notice the word completely. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all of your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. I love how it captures that in the Passion Translation of the Bible. Listen, that's a, that's a verse of scripture. You ought to post it. Put it somewhere vis, visually in your house, in your car, and maybe on your bathroom mirror. Just as a reminder, you know what? I'm going to trust in the Lord my God completely with everything I have and everything that I am. I'm going to banish fear and doubt in my life. You've got to starve your doubt. Another thing we have to do to prepare our spirit, to detox our spirit, is not only do we starve our doubt, but we have to starve ourselves of negativity. Negative. Let me tell you something. There's nothing that will suck the life out of you more than thinking negative thoughts and worse yet, believing the lives of negativity. It's amazing the false beliefs that we buy into 
can hold us hostage. No wonder so many people are living in defeat, living in bondage. And the reason why is because they're living a lie. They're believing the lies that the enemy has placed in their heart, placed in their spirit. We got to replace those lies with the truth. What does the Bible say? You should know the truth, and the truth will set you, what? Say that loud. Free. That's what a lot of us need in this place. We need freedom in our lives rather than bondage and slavery. A lot of people are living as slaves or living in bondage to their, to, their, to their hurts and their habits and their hangups, to their yesterdays, to their past. God wants to remove all that stuff. Listen, he set you free because of the blood of Jesus and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And so we got to rid ourselves from negativity. We live in a negative world. Everybody in this room, you know somebody that's already come to your mind who's a negative person. You work with negative people. You're around toxic, negative, unhealthy people and environments and atmospheres. And man, we are surrounded by negativity. You turn on the television, it's doom, it's gloom, it's negative, it's pessimistic, it's critical. I mean, it's incredible how negative our culture truly is. And if we're not careful, we can begin to conform to that. Let me tell you something. Your vibe is determined by your tribe. So if you're hanging around a tribe of people who are negative and pessimistic and critical and doom and gloom, guess what? That's going to be the vibe you carry. It's contagious. So we got to get rid of the negativity. Instead of hanging, out, hang around, hanging around a bunch of Eeyores, oh, no. No, we got to get around some Tiggers in our lives. I mean, Tiggers, man, they are enthusiastic. They're going to hold their life giving. Their response is, Sure. Sure. Why? Because they're hope-filled and they're faith-filled. They're optimistic. They believe in a can-do God. God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even imagine. Why in the world would we want to think about negative things? That's never helped anybody. If you're getting ready to go into surgery, the last thing you want is somebody to come along and just start talking negatively to you about all the things that could go wrong. Just so you know, I mean, there's a really good chance this doctor, he doesn't know what he's doing. Just so you know, I mean, you know, the anesthesiologist, you know, I mean, he could mess up. Just so you that 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 medication they're getting, I mean, it could have a horrible effect on you. I mean, nobody wants to hear that. So we got to rid ourselves from doubt. We got to rid ourselves from negativity. I will think... What God thinks, Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep in perfect peace, I love that, in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Instead of fixing our thoughts on the things of this world, man, let's fix our thoughts on God so we can have perfect peace only he can give. So when you think about detoxing our spirit, we gotta get rid of doubt, we got to get rid of negativity. And, of course, the last one really goes without saying, but at the end of the day, we got to get rid of sin. we got to get rid of sin. Now, here's what a lot of people think when it comes to sin. A lot of people think sin, and they associate with sin, is God's judgment. They see sin as, is, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of like God's punishment upon our lives. But you know what sin is? Sin is defined in the Bible as missing the mark what sin is it's it's going in the wrong direction and so 
Instead of allowing sin to contaminate our lives and allowing sin to, to ultimately take control of our lives, allowing sin to become toxic so it, it distorts our thinking, it begins to distort our perspective, it begins to skew our decisions and choices in terms of how, our, how we live. No, 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 we need to detox sin from, we need to consecrate, we need to purify, we need to confess, we need to get rid of sin in our lives. And here's the thing, I will turn to what God wants. Instead of living my way, I'm gonna live God's way. I'm going to seek to live in such a way that I want to honor his good and pleasing and perfect will for my life. In other words, I'm going to stop living a self-centered and self-directed life, and I'm going to start living a Christ-directed life. It's no longer me, it's him. I must decrease, he must increase. So the way we do that is we got to get rid of stuff that's occupying space that God never intended to be there. You know what that really means? It means we're aiming at the wrong stuff. I love the, the, the it's actually it's a true story. And if you've ever been to Growth Track, you've probably heard me tell the story before about the guy by the name of Matthew Emmons, the 2004 Olympian. And uh, he was, he's, he's a rifleist and he, um, he already won his first gold medal. And he was on track to, uh, to get his second gold medal. In fact, he was so, out, out, so far out in front that literally all he had to do is just hit the target at any point, and just anywhere on the target. All he had to do is just hit the physical target. It didn't matter if he even got close to the bullseye. He just, all he had to do is hit the target. He was guaranteed a, a, a second gold medal. And so here he is. He takes aim, takes that long, deep breath, slowly pulls the trigger, and bam, I mean, hits the target. I mean, in the bullseye, perfect shot. And then suddenly it dawned on him what had happened when the, when the, when the audience kind of gasped and they realized he had aimed at the wrong target. He went from first to eighth like that. And that's, that's, that's who we are. We're aiming at the wrong things. We're looking to the wrong people. We're depending upon the wrong things. Once again, to meet needs in our lives that only God can meet. And rather than living God's way, we're living our way. We're basically saying, God, I'm going to lean or depend upon my own opinions, my own understanding. I'm going to be large and in charge and call the shots. And therefore, we miss the mark because we're aiming the wrong way. And we're going in a direction God never intended for us to live. So what do we do? We have to repent. What is repent? Repent, again, it's not, a, it's not a bad or a negative or condemning judgmental thing. No, repentance is basically, it is a turn of direction. It is a change from living from the way we're living. We make an about face, we do a 180, and we move in the direction that God has for our lives. That's repentance. So we have to rid of ourselves from doubts, rid ourselves from, from, from negativity, and rid ourselves from sin. In Romans 7 19, it says it this way, Paul, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Paul himself even confessed, hey, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anybody relate to that? He goes on to say in Romans 12 verse 9, hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. And that's what we ought to pray for. God, help me to hate the things that you hate. God, help me to hate evil, hate sin. God, help me to hold tightly and cling to the things that are good, things that honor you, things that are worthy of praise. 
You see, this is what I'm talking about. Detoxing our spirit, consecrating ourselves. Why? Because tomorrow, listen, God wants to do great things in your life, but he can't accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish in us and through us if we're unhealthy, if we're toxic, if there is some unharmful things going on in our lives that is holding the power of God back. And so we got to we got to consecrate ourselves. we got to purify ourselves. we got to detox, get rid of. we got to starve our spirit with the wrong things, and then we got to feed it with the right things. So here's some, here's some things that we, we need to, ultimately, we need to feed our spirit with. And I'm going to give you the freedom to fill in your own blank when it comes to what you're gonna, how you're going to actually live this out or how you're going to apply this to your life. So the first, if you take, take a notes, is this. Here's how we feed our spirit. The first thing we do is we feed our spirit on the word of God. We gotta, we gotta get the word of God inside of us. And so it's one thing to, listen, it's one thing to, 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 to read the Bible. It's another thing to know the Bible. It's another thing to, 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 to live the Bible. We gotta get the word of God. We gotta get God's truth inside of us. Remember what I talked about with Joshua a few moments ago? Joshua, here he was. He was, you know, he was, he was, you know, given a new task. God had appointed him to take the people where he ultimately wanted them to go. And here's what he said in Joshua 1.8. God said, study this book of instruction continually. Notice carefully, meditate on it just on Sundays. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. And then notice carefully. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. How many of you want to prosper and succeed in everything you do? It's a no-brainer. We all do. Then the only way, the only way you can, listen, you can be successful and prosper, prosper in every single area of your life is to get the truth of the word of God inside of you. Get it inside of your spirit. Feed on the word of God. So you say, well, how do I do that? Let me give you a couple of quick tips. Go, if you don't have it, listen, go just download our app. Number one, download our app. Number two, download the Bible app called YouVersion. And the reason why that's so uh, convenient and helpful is because I'm telling you, there are just endless, endless opportunities and plans, reading uh, plans and devotionals, daily reading plans that you can actually use and apply. There's, I mean, from, from the one-year Bible, I, I've been reading this year, 2018, the, what is called um, the Daily Walk Bible. Um, it, it's, it's just an, it's, it's an incredible thing when you have a, a tool and a resource that helps kind of guide your steps, that gives you the direction you need so you know where to start and, and how to continue the process so you can begin to apply the truth of God in every area of your lives. In fact, we're actually going to um, we're actually going to be providing a seven day uh, devotional during week three as we go through the seven days of prayer and fasting. And so you can go on our website. You can also get it on you version. In fact, there's a link that you can click on from our website, and it'll take you right there. And you can set it up, customize it, and you start applying it. Reading it's a seven day prayer called Dangerous Prayers. Seven day prayer devotion called Dangerous Prayers. And so we're going to be praying some dangerous prayers during that seven day. Uh, time of prayer and, 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 and fasting. And let me also just say one other thing. One of the best ways to really learn and ultimately apply the truth of God's word is in the context of a small group. 
we call life groups. We're getting ready to launch our life group semester for the fall season at the end of the month. And if you have a heart's desire to want to gather with some people so you can have life-giving friendships and relationships and grow together and, man, just do life together and have the support and the encouragement, listen, around the people, around those tiggers in your life, if you want to get around those kind of people, it's going to help you grow, it's going to encourage you in your daily walk, you need to be a part of a life group. And if you want to host one, if you want to learn more about how you can lead one, we're going to be having life group training immediately after this service next week and the following week. And it's a great opportunity for you to learn everything you know so you can set yourself up for success and your group up for success. And we don't want you to stop doing something so you can do this. No, we want you to continue doing what you're already doing. In other words, make your life your group. Whatever it is that you're into, make that your group. You already gather with friends. Take those friends you already gather with and just invite Jesus in the middle of it. So just, just bring God to where you are in what you're doing and start doing your life in a way that has purpose and meaning and direction where the truth of God's word is at the forefront of everything you do. Can I get an amen? amen. So that don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. The second thing, in fact, let me just, let me read this to you. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 2. Happy are those who reject the advice of evil people, who do not follow the example of sinners or join those who have no use for God, Instead, they find joy in obeying the law of the Lord, and they study it day and night. So we got to feed our spirit with the word of God, and then we got to feed our spirit with worship. So the question is, what are you going to do, and how are you going to do it when it comes to feeding on the word of God? The second question is, what are you going to do to worship? What is your next step in terms of how you're going to worship with your life. It's not just centered around music, even though that is a, an expression of our worship. But everything you do, the Bible says to do for the glory of God. So everything that you do can be an act of worship or to be a living sacrifice. So here's the thing. We must worship in the way that we live, where our thoughts, our hearts are fixed on God. We're living a life of worship. We're living a life. Here's what worship is. Worship is our response to God. In light of all that God's done for us, okay, here's how I'm responding back with an attitude of gratitude, with thanksgiving, with praise, with worship, with obedience, dedication, commitment. Sometimes you just need to pull back and get alone. And you need to, once again, you need to feed yourself with the right stuff. I've been carrying a lot this summer. There's a lot of stuff. Um, there's just some things a pastor can't ever share. And it's sad and it's unfortunate, but the truth and the, and the reality, the harsh reality is, is that sometimes you just carry stuff and the only person you can go to is God. I have, I have, I have people in my life, I have, I have pastors in my life that I go to and I seek wisdom from and I pick up the phone and I'll call them and I'll say, hey, this is what I'm going through, this is what I'm carrying right now, this is what I'm feeling. And man, they'll speak life into me and encourage me and give me wisdom. 99.9% um, .9 of the time, they've already been through stuff I'm going through in the moment so they can speak life into that moment and that context. But there's just some moments where I have to just cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I need you. I need to know that you're here. I need to know that you're present. 
I need to know that you care, that you care and, and, you, and, and you're aware. You're just aware of the details that's going on in my life. My son, Luke, got me, had a birthday this past month and turned 32. And um, so he wanted to give me some, some ear pods, these little wireless ear pods. Things are so cool. So I've been walking around with these little ear pods. Michelle, she's, I pretend like I can't hear her. So selective hearing. So, oh, I got my ear pods. So I've been having fun with these, but I w- we were up in Birmingham and I was staying at our daughter, Rebecca's apartment. And she lives kind of like in a backside of a shopping, ser- uh, outdoor shopping mall area. And um, so I would get up early in the mornings and would just go and walk out in this open shopping area. And uh, so we were in the middle of the student conference called Motion, and God was just doing some incredible things in my heart, speaking to me and just stirring my spirit, but still just carrying a lot of stuff. And um, so I found myself just putting these little ear pods on and walking, just doing a little prayer walk, a little praise walk, and just listening to worship music. And I was listening to Hillsong Young and Free's newest album, which is incredible. And I was literally out in the middle of the parking lot. No one around. It was early. None of the stores had been opened yet. Just, it was just me and God and a few construction guys. And I'm standing at the base of some stairs. My hand's raised. I'm sure the construction guys probably thought I was, maybe a gun was pointed at me or something. I was getting ready to get arrested. They had no idea. But I was just standing at the edge of some stairs, and I was just worshiping. The king of kings. The Lord of Lords. And just allowing my spirit to be fed by the presence and the closeness of my God. And fixing my thoughts toward him. Replacing the negative toxic stuff with the truth. And here's what verse God gave me. And I want to give it to you. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace, notice carefully, will be with you. It's amazing how peace can overwhelm a sense of panic like that. Praise always precedes victory. I'm going to say this in conclusion. I've got to hurry up. When, 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 the, when the people of Israel were getting ready to cross over the Jordan, God told um, the priest, he said, look, he said, when you guys cross over, you're going to have the ark. I want you to follow it. Of course, God does a miracle. You know, he, he allows them to cross over on dry land. They had to take the first step. They stepped out in faith, and then once they stepped out in faith, they got out there until it was neck deep. God parted the waters, and the people were able to cross over. But that didn't mean it was all victory from that point. No, they, had, they still had to face battles. The very first place they came upon was, was Jericho. So God instructed the, the priest. He said, I want you to go around. He said, I want you to march around this city twice a day, six days a week. And, and, and he said, on the seventh day, he said, I want you to circle the city of Jericho seven times. He said, I want you to blow your horn every time you go around. And on the seventh time, on the seventh day, 
he said, on the, he, said, he said, I want there to be one long sound of the ram's horn. And when that horn blows, he said, I want the people to shout. That's exactly what happened. And the moment they shouted, the moment that ram's horn began to blare and they shouted, the Bible says the walls came tumbling down. And they got the victory. The Bible says they went in and they conquered, they sieged the city. They took over. Praise God always precedes victory. So whatever it is you're going through, start praising your God. Start feeding your mind with the things above. Start fixing your thoughts on God. Listen, starve doubt, starve negativity. Listen, whatever you do, starve sin out of your life and start feeding yourself the word of God. Start feeding yourself with worship. God inhabits the praises of his people. Where two or three are gathered together, God is right in the midst of them. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is in this place today? Come on, let's welcome his presence in this place. He's here. He's here. He's right in the middle of right where we are, in this moment, right here, right now. He doesn't reside in a, in a building. He resides in you. We'll start preaching. And the last thing is this. I want to close Feed your spirit with prayer. So here's my challenge to you. My challenge to you is to join us during the week of August 20th through the 26th because that's where we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have corporate gatherings. So we're going to meet here, and then after we meet here uh, at 7 p.m., in fact, we're gonna doing it nightly. We're going to have corporate gatherings. We're going to have a worship team here. We're going we're gonna to gather. We're going to pray. We're going to live stream it for those that can't be here. So in your homes, we're going we're gonna to offer it in groups. But we want people during that week, the 20th or 26th, let's commit that week to prayer and fasting. Why is that important? Because the Bible says in 2, Corinthians 7, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Listen, prayer is the difference between fighting for God and God fighting for you. We want God to fight for you. You don't need to fight your own battles. Let God fight your battles for you. And the best way to do that is through the power of prayer. Listen, we serve a mighty God, a powerful God. God answers the prayers of his people. So if you want to feed your spirit with the right stuff, feed it with the truth of God's word. Feed it in your worship. Feed it through prayer. And let's believe God to do amazing things in our lives. Let's believe God to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can think or even imagine. Let's believe God for the impossible. Let's believe God for amazing things unlike we've ever experienced before. Why? Because we have consecrated ourselves. We've prepared ourselves. We've detoxed ourselves. We have positioned ourselves to walk in the power and the presence of an unstoppable God. Amen? So let's let God be God. And let's allow him to do what only he can do in and through our lives.